Hey guys, it's me, Braylon Acker, your favorite PhD candidate. So as you may remember, my uncle pulled some strings to get me into Lycon University, but he's not exactly helping me pay for it. He thinks by me going into hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt, it's an investment. And I guess I have to agree with him because my PhD is going to be the social currency I need to get into the most elite academic circles. Patricia Hill Collins, clear your calendar. You and I have a lot to talk about. Aside from making arbitrary lunch dates with my academic heroes, let me get to the real reason why I'm making today's podcast. It boils down to one thing, money. It's August, which means tuition is due, and even though I have loans, I still have materials of the herbal nature that I must acquire to do my research. And such material costs money. I've reached the maximum amount of times you can give blood at the clinic, and I can't sell my eggs for another year, so I've decided to sell an article to the Lycorn Chronicle. So today I'm interviewing Tom Freeman. He's like the creator of this amazing motion comic called Dark Moon. Just so you have a brief synopsis of the plot, Dark Moon begins after an asteroid has hit Earth. One of the survivors of this event is a scientist named Dante. He's got like this transporter, but as luck would have it, he didn't have time to punch in the coordinates when the asteroid hit. So he and his crews are like thousands of light years away on a quote-unquote dark moon. The journey to space damaged the transporter, and the travelers only have a finite amount of oxygen, so it's a race against time to find a solution. But wait, there's more. Dante and his gang have to fight against aliens who are hunting them, right? only to discover that there's a more sinister, superior race of aliens who are hunting those aliens. So, uh, does it sound good to you? I hope so. And I hope that the Lycorn Chronicle likes them, because I really need money, and they pay two cents a word. Without further ado, here's my interview with multimedia artist Tom Freeman. What film director inspired you? From what I saw in your animated film, it was definitely reminiscent of Ridley Scott's Alien. But your aesthetic reminds me of Ari Fullman's Waltz with Bashir. So... Usually my favorite directors and the ones that inspire me most are the ones that um, use music and, and just the sound of everything to tell the story. Um, in fact, as a kid, I used to go to sleep Listening to movies um, play, um, I was one of those type of people that needed background noise um, to sleep, especially at that age. Um, and I would fall asleep listening to movies, sometimes TV, but usually it was a movie, have it on. Um, and it was, for me, I could just listen. Um, and it wasn't like you're um, following the story so much as you're just l- listening to the random clish clash of sounds and the things that happen um, for themselves, just the unique sound. And I think that's really important in a movie. Um, so I would say in that vein, um, well, one uh, is is uh, John Carpenter, of course, uh, for horror especially. Um, but uh, I like that every movie he has kind of has a, like a new music style or it's just a whole, you know, especially because he's involved in the creation of the music. I can definitely relate to that. Um, being a musician that's trying to do um, visual art, and but just having a music background. Um, so for me, I don't know what his background. I think he went to film school, but um, I um, just 
I just love that in his movies, it's all um, the music is a central theme, um, and it's a fun thing. It's um, sometimes uh, it's fun. I like that he's he lets it be cool to be cheesy. Um, not the first director to do that, but um, I like how he uses it, especially with the music. It's just sometimes it's just all rock and roll, like in the vampires uh, movies. Uh, um, then um, uh, what's the one with the aliens? Um, they live. Um, they live. Great, great soundtrack. Um, things like that. It's just fun music. Big Trouble in Little China. Um, great, and also just the sound of everything. The way everything's put together is dot on perfect for the um, for the sound of the movie. The thing is a great example. Um, everything just you can just listen to the movie and it'll creep you out. Um, then David Lynch has just I just um, I love how he uses dream archetypes to tell his um, stories and how there's more there than than just the running through the story and uh, just a collection of its parts it's a uh, there's you know there's just these elements in his movies that will transcend uh, they can make you transcend kind of your current thought patterns and everything um, so I like and also I see him as a um, as a horror um, inspiration too because some of the creepiest mo- uh, events uh, like in Twin Peaks, um, some of the scariest I've watched all the scary movies uh, you know anyone should ever possibly watch um, and some of the stuff in David Lynch movies are the are the scariest um, parts um, like just just watching the fan Bob come out in Twin Peaks um, of course this parts on Lost Highway um, so his use also a huge use of sound um, um, and he, you know he's been involved in in sound design and sound creation for for quite a while, um, so I think that's what really kind of inspires me. These, these guys are, um, you know, using the sound to fully tell the story, um, and that's so that's what I try to do. Um, especially coming from a music background, that's pretty much the only thing I can uh, rely on to get it right perfectly myself is is the sound, and then I have to rely on everyone else for everything else. It's for everything else. Um, so, so yeah, I try to really, I try to, um, you know, pay attention to directors, uh, a recent movie and I don't know the director. Um, I'm really bad at with names and all that stuff, which is a bit horrible for the industry, um, uh, for me. So that's not a good sign, but, um, is the guy that did it, it follows or the, and, um, I think that the music was done by disaster piece. I, I could be totally getting that wrong. In fact, I think I am, um, but the music in it follows. I might be right. The music in it follows is um, is great. It just so adds the story so much. It's a fun. It's a and it's a fun movie, um, and everything in that movie is done really well. The director did a great job. So I think there's a lot of new horror um, that that stands out. That is just just as good as the old stuff. Um, and that's an, probably an unpopular opinion, but I, I definitely think I definitely think we're seeing some of the best horror. I think it's interesting that your viewpoint is that of a musician first, then filmmaker second. Um, It's cool to see the connection between you and John Carpenter. Moving on to the next question. Tell me a little about Dante. Is there a reason you chose an African-American protagonist? Typically in horror films, the quote-unquote black guy doesn't survive. In fact, he's usually one of the first to go. Also, is there any significance to the name Dante? Are you relating it to Dante's Inferno? Is he going through several layers of hell, you know, because he encounters one group of aliens, then another more evil group of aliens? 
So Dante is a very stoic character. Um, he's very involved in his studies. He's kind of quiet, um, but he's a uh, he's a friendly person, and he ends up, you know, having to save people. And he becomes uh, his stoicness works well for this. He keeps a level head, and is able to find a way to save um, people from an imminent uh, meteor uh, impact. And he's uh, African American, probably because. Um, uh, watching Event Horizon, I thought Lawrence Fishburne did such a great job um, as the lead hero in that movie. Um, and um, there's you know so many great examples of African American um, heroes, um, especially in horror. Um, like I think, uh, um, who's the uh, director of Night of the Living Dead? Do- George Romero um, cast, and this is in the '60s during the you know civil rights movement. Um, cast a, a black man as the um, as a lead character, um, and yeah, as far as the name Dante and Dante's Inferno, um, I did definitely, you know, want to allude to it, um, and in the plot, I was kind of hoping, and it's, you know, um, I was definitely hoping for a multi-layered plot, and as, you know, you mentioned, there is kind of some layers already developing, um, and I would like it to get to the point where it, you know, it's like an onion, it's like you just keep peeling away, and there's a whole other layer, um, um, but we're definitely not um, trying to um, kind of retell that story in a different, in a modern way or anything. It's definitely just kind of the story just kind of goes on its own, um, partially based on just some of my own dream symbols and feelings and um, just kind of general concepts. I can totally see the similarities between Dante and Captain Miller. And I would like to thank you for pointing out that it's possible for African-Americans to be more than just the sidekick guy telling jokes and being the first to die. Why did you choose a meteor as the basis for a cataclysmic event? I mean, there are a plethora of ways to destroy Earth. Was the meteor necessary to serve as a backdrop to take the story into space? Well, the original reason for the meteor was uh, it was, you know, I needed a plot device to get him to transport away quickly uh, with some people and not destroy the whole Earth, just destroy an area. Um, but it could have been a lot of things. Um, and meteors, first of all, I you know, it comes from space. It already ties into, a, you know, a sci-fi kind of feel. Um, but I think the... Um, what, what comes out, it starts coming out in the story, and I don't think I'm giving too much away, uh, by saying that the meteor actually turns out to be relevant to the story um, in episode three. Um, and you kind of see, you know, there's a strange tie-in. And I'm not even sure I completely understand um, the the course of events. I'm trying to, like, kind of make time a little flexible uh, when you're traveling faster than light. It gets really complicated. Um, so I'm just kind of guessing, I would say. Uh, but there is a strange tie-in with what happens, what the meteor happens to be. Um, I guess I'll just kind of leave it at that. I agree with you there, Tom. The time-space continuum could be a little bit hairy. Just ask Schrodinger's cat. Just kidding. Next question. The horror genre is often used as commentary on a specific social issue. We are in the wake of a race war in America. And here we have Dante, an African-American hero trying to save his community. Tell me more about that. Well, this is a really hard question for me because I know there's some stuff in there. 
Um, but I think it's on a subconscious level, and I can never quite grasp um, it completely. Um, like kind of, um, you know, a lot of the movies that they say, um, um, the like the pod people um, being about communism and things like this, I think this was a very subliminal, um, subconscious, you know, thing that was going on. So sometimes it's hard to, you know, see yourself in the mirror like that and know exactly what's on your mind. Um, I think some of it, I mean, in just thinking of it, you know, as I have throughout the making of it, um, is like the ecological issues with kind of just destroying the environment, um, you know, the um, the things going on, um, you know, global warming. Um, there, there's there these creatures that are going to different planets and just destroying them completely, um, you know, using using everything until it's destroyed. Um, so I think there's an issue there. I mean, I think that's the new... I mean, it should be. It's the new enemy. Um, and so I think there's that tie-in. I know there's more, but I don't really know where they go. Um, the story is kind of, um, like, taken partially from dreams. So so um, it's whatever the subconscious holds that doesn't tell you the whole story. I've never been lucky enough to have any Jungian analysis um and I would love it if someone uh would do a Jungian analysis of uh um Dark Moon and tell me what's going on. Um because I don't really know and I kinda like it like that. Um I love mystery. I think it's good to keep mystery. I think we have so many kids growing up now with the Wikipedia where, oh, that's what that is and is there's nothing I think it's a value in wondering about something, I mean not getting an answer quickly. Um so I kind of leave it kind of um, unanswered. I don't know what the uh, social issues are, but I know kind of at least, um, you know, there's the normal ethics that should be there, um, you know, that these are good people fighting against bad, um, and it, you know, it has that good feel. Um, and there's, yeah, the social issues behind all that um, is, is a mystery to me. So you get like 10 points for bringing up Jungian psychology. I read The Steppenwolf and it completely blew my mind. But I don't want to get off track. Let's keep going with the interview. One of at Dark Boon Comics Twitter posts called badass animators to action in order to work on your summer 2017 film. How can our listeners contribute to your movie? Thanks. Yeah, like... um. With our animator, we had the, the the animator that made our trailer um, and did our series of music videos, um, which are real cool, by the way. It's a great way to uh, um, kind of jump into the music and the art together um, in a way that our comic, you know, does, but it's it's slightly different with our music videos. Um, but he did all the animation for all five of those videos and one other concept video. Um, but he can't do our movie. We found out semi recently, so it's been a little crazy. Uh, we're still trying to figure out exactly what to do. I, I really wanted to work with him on this, so um, I have a feeling we'll find someone else and it'll work out. Um, so, but we're all, what what I wanted to do was use the since there's a lot of a really cool um, you know creative people following the Dark Moon uh, project. Um, I wanted to reach out to them and just see you know just touch bases with that um, group of people first. Um, and then what I'll probably do is uh, I gotta start contacting uh, animation companies. I've already been in touch with a few, 
but just see see what the best move is. Um, what we're basically be doing now is doing a Kickstarter for the movie. We have the movie trailer featuring Tony Todd from Candyman. Now is this you know this stoic character Dante, and he's perfect the perfect voice for it. Um, and he's just a great guy to work with too. So the movie um, we're gonna have some other you know celebrity uh, voices, and it'll just be a really fun project with the art. Uh, so we're gonna do a Kickstarter for it. Um, we've provided all the comics for free, but this will finish the story and also tell the whole story better than it's been told. Um, this will be the ep- most epic way to tell the story. Um, hoping to start it, it's looking like um, October 1st now, um, and I'm still not dead set on the date. We we ha- really have to find an animator um, before we agree to the Kickstarter campaign, because once we go on that, we want to be ready to go and make the movie right away. Um so, um, yeah, so w- it will be coming soon. So just stay tuned to our Twitter, especially as the number one place where we update, at uh, Dark Moon Comic. Um, and uh, all our other social media and our website should have that info, too. So, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, hopefully we can uh, pull off the movie. I think it'll be awesome if we do. This concludes my interview with Tom Freeman, the creator of the 2017 summer film Dark Moon. Be sure to follow at Dark Moon Comic on Twitter for Kickstarter updates. On a side note, I'm super excited to see the final project. I've watched everything on darkmooncomic.com, and it's ridiculously fabulous. If Tom promises something better, well, I'd like to see him outdo himself. We'll return to our regularly scheduled program next week. Until then, I've got some notes to transcribe, so thanks for listening. The Sweetgrass Cafe is a new podcast, so please give us a rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. The show was created by Lauren Rose and Erica Reynolds, and it was written and produced by Erica Reynolds. Music was provided by PurplePlanet.com, and the sound effects came from FreeSoundEffects.com.